Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard Podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody and welcome to that retrospective journey called Golden Age of Cardboard. Welcome to the show everybody. My name is Mike, your host this week. And I would say every week, but I did have that period in December where I had some guest hosts. So I can't say every week. Uh, but for now, for the foreseeable future, I will be your host. Welcome everybody to this episode. I'm excited about today. I get to talk to one of my friends in the hobby who is incredibly popular on YouTube and has a successful show and i'm just going to bring him on now because we're just going to go right into tonight's topic it's chris sewell baseball collector investor dealer in that order what's up chris what's up man how are you i'm doing great what is this your third or fourth time on the show now i believe it's i believe it's third uh yeah i believe it's third once you uh get to five you get a free slurpee <laughs> well let's uh let's 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 do that <laughs> keep going on that <laughs> yeah I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't, last time I haven't uh, been on in a while. So I, I got to congratulate you on the Rangers and, uh, Thank you. and on the Cowboys making the, uh, the two seed. Yeah. It's uh it's a good time to be a Metroplex sports fan. Yeah. Yeah. Less of a good time for you right now. No, well, it's never a good time for a Washington fan. <laughs> I guess well, we, had, we had the Capitals win once. Uh, yeah. You got the number two pick yep. in the draft. For NFL and the Nationals will have a high draft pick, which won't matter for a number of years, but no, they'll, they'll be good in 2029 or so. There you go. Yeah. Until then, you you can come on with us. It's okay. You can. <laughs> I'm switching over to Baltimore because I currently live in Baltimore, so they're going to be really good for a long time. Yeah, I'm jumping on Baltimore band uh, bandwagons. Did you watch the World Series? No, no, not much. No, no. Sorry. You and everybody else in America, apparently. Yeah. 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 Lowest rated World Series ever. Oh, of all like. Right. Right. Of uh, Since they started paying attention. Right. Right. Yeah. Since it mattered. Yeah. Well, I don't care because we won. So no, I wouldn't care either. No, I, I just don't care. Uh, you did a video that this tonight's episode was Chris and I have been talking about getting together to do this for a while, but the topic of tonight's episode came to me a couple of weeks ago when you did a video on your channel that talked about just some things you saw that were sketch, right? Yeah. Maybe describe that and what, why you did that. And then we'll kind of get into our topic tonight. Yeah. And no, I did a video like that, like a year ago. Uh, and it was, a, it was a, a popular video, got a lot of comments. And so this was sort of like a, a part two of it. I just came up with three more topics that I had seen a lot lately mainly focused around eBay and uh, just basically put out the, put it out. Like what do people think? Cause I don't think there are sort of black and white answers. Like this is obviously bad uh, or obviously not bad, you know, it's sort of a gray area. So I just, I presented them and asked the, uh, asked the viewers to, to give their opinion. 
And then I, I just posted yesterday the follow-up to it, which uh, sort of goes into all the viewers' opinions uh, and, and, and mine as well. Well, I thought it was very uh, intriguing, you know, kind of allowed me to kind of contemplate some of these issues that are going on on eBay. And it got me thinking about some sleazy, potentially sleazy vintage practices, you know, things that when you're buying vintage cards, it's different than modern. Yeah. Yes, you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Things you need to look out for when buying vintage cards versus modern cards. And so I wanted, I was like, hey, let's take that core idea that you had and, and let's really focus on the vintage world to give some people or give the people out there something to kind of be aware of, think about. Most of you guys have probably heard all these, but you're going to hear it from our perspectives tonight. Yeah. And the the topic du jour, it feels like when I see what the content on YouTube, what's going on in the vintage world, there's a lot of this discussion about restoring cards and whether that's fakes or altering or trimming or all the different things that has become, I mean, shoot, you can buy a kit now to alter your cards, you know, or whatever. I know. When well, aren't there even companies that, that advertise, Hey, send us your cards and we'll, Oh, sorry. That's all right. Uh, there are companies that will even advertise, send us your cards and we'll, we'll fix them for you. Yeah. Tell Jeremy, we'll call him back later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are companies that do that and that yeah. is so like the core of me just screams no that is not okay yeah uh, when it comes to a vintage card what's your general take on vintage restoring altering changing and we'll go into a discussion on that and i'll give my take too yeah, I'm I'm I probably I'm probably a little more old school than uh, well, I guess as a vintage uh, viewership, so maybe not compared to everyone. But yeah, I, I'm very much of the you basically can't do anything if you can if you can do something with like your your thumb, like maybe just press out a corner or something. That's basically all I think is okay. Uh, maybe if, you, if there's like something attached to the card, like a little piece of candy, and you you can scrape it off, that's fine. Uh, but if if you have to use anything other than your physical hand, I don't do it. Um, I don't I don't know that I necessarily frown upon others who do, but I I don't I don't do it. And that's sort of that would be the stance I would take if you were making if I was in charge of the rules. And none of us are in charge, so no. we're giving our opinions. But it also helps people to think about asking questions maybe when they're buying cards. Now, how forthcoming will a will a seller be? I don't know, but. First of all, to me, vintage cards aren't supposed to look great. Right, right? right. I mean, I saw a Gem Mint 10 Hank Aaron rookie a few weeks ago with Nat Turner, and I'm just like, as cool as it was, doesn't, like, look right. <laughs> doesn't even look like a vintage card. I mean, yeah. vintage cards to me are supposed to look old because they are old. Uh, but to me, I've always felt if you can bend a cornerback, you know, if it's been dog-eared down and you can bend it back it'll still reflect that in the grade but to me you're not um altering the actual any any coloring is a complete no-no i'm not a, i think soaking is wrong yeah me too uh, i think that any adding any chemical to the card is just completely off limits you're you're altering the chemistry of the card that's a problem yeah um but you know whenever Remember when we were kids and we'd put vintage cards in and you'd catch it on the nine page pocket, you know, and it would, it would nick the corner, yeah. The corner or or bend the corner back, even like split the corner, you know, and it would yep. oh, that would piss me off so bad whenever I'd do that. I'm like, what an idiot. You know? 
you know, putting those back together with your fingers is, you know, it, you know, that's okay, so do you, do you, so do you like my, my rule? Like if you can do it with your finger, you're okay, but if yeah. you can't use anything else, no, no pen, no, no, uh, liquid, no, coin no i don't even like the fiber people say you, you rub like a uh pantyhose and it'll get the gum right? i don't even think that like to me that's even too far but again i wouldn't really frown on upon someone who did that i just don't i just choose not to i know i'm probably on the fence on the pantyhose thing yeah <clears throat> i get why people would do that to take gum stains off or whatever rub that out um, yeah oh it's such a slippery slope though and well, well, here's here's another truth about it is uh, the old school guys are, are are losing this battle. It's it's becoming more and more and more acceptable as we go, uh, and maybe in twenty years nobody's going to care what you do. And the weird here's the thing though, I'm a comic guy too, right? So yep. comics have long been restored, right? Yeah, I always found I always found that very interesting. Yeah, it's much more accepted, right? completely accepted but it's always disclosed and that's that's i think a key differentiator well yeah yeah in anything is disclosure if you send a, a comic book into cgc to get graded and they identify it as restored it has a different color flip you know it's purple instead of blue and so you know that it's a restored book instantly um just by looking at the flip and then you can kind of look and assess and decide if you want to buy that card and yeah. I don't have any problem with people. All, honestly, this is true. I don't have a problem with people altering cards as long as it's disclosed to. Now, we all know there's people out there. They restore a card. They send it off to PSA. And it, their frame of mind is, well, if they catch it, great. If they don't, that's on them. Yeah. Right. Right. No one's going to put on their 52 tops Mickey Mantle. Hey, I colored the right side of this. It's a know? PSA 8, but I, I altered it and PSA didn't figure it out. No, yeah. Right. And that I have a problem. That's obviously crossing the line, disclosing it, telling someone, yes, I altered this card or yes, uh, it's trimmed, which, oh, here we go. Let's go. To, let's go down that. <laughs> By the way, that's a great that's a great qualifier. You gave it I, and the same for me. I don't have a problem with anyone altering a card if it's their card. But yeah, if you go to sell it, it needs to be disclosed. That, that's right. The, that's the qualifier. I mean, trimming. It's obviously a huge no-no to me. Like I absolutely disagree with trimming, even if the card was cut big to begin with, and someone's just making it the actual size that it should be. Yeah, uh, that even is no good to me. Um, taking anything off of a card, physically changing the card, is just a complete no-no. Same. Okay. Um, disclosure, right? To me, it's all about disclosure. I, yeah. I just want to know. And I don't like, do you buy altered cards? I'm not a big, I don't like to buy altered cards. I, I don't own, I I wouldn't buy an altered card if they're, I mean, I guess if like I had a chance to buy like a Wagner you know, or, you know, something absurd where I'm never going to get this card otherwise. Maybe. Right. But yeah. Like everybody's telling me, I have, I have friends that own a 52 tops mantle and it's all authentic altered, you know, or whatever. That has zero appeal to me. I don't have a problem with them owning it. Great. If that's what you want to own in your collection, fine. Uh, obviously it's a price point issue. There's a lot of things that go into that decision for every collector, but for me, it, I don't want it to say altered on the flip. I just don't. Me neither. I would, I would rather have a really ugly mantle creased up all over the place than a nice looking one with a pen mark Yeah. or that, that had a colored corner. Let's say. Right. 
which, which sounds ridiculous. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? It does. It, like when you say it out loud. I know. When you say it out loud, you're like, oh, is something wrong with me? But yeah, no, that's that's what I'd rather have. Me too. That's that's what I'd rather have. And the reality is you that we all have choices to make in, in the hobby, you know? Um, now my phone's ringing. That's Jeremy calling me now. He's, one, <laughs> He's like, where's Chris? <laughs> yeah. Are you talking to Chris? Yes, I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> But something you brought up in your video that I thought was fascinating, and I and I think it applies to vintage, and you'll you'll probably agree with this even more so than modern, which is where you were kind of focusing. But if someone grades, you send in a card to get graded, and it comes back with X grade, and you're disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. And you crack it out and you send it off to SGC now. You're like, I just don't think this is a four or whatever. Let's just say you get a four. I think it's a six, you know. And you then crack it and send it off to SGC and it comes back a six. Yeah. What say you then about how someone should handle that? Yeah. That, so that was one of the three. Yeah. That was one of the three things I, I brought up. And I, I had never thought of, I mean, I've been a seller for over 10 years and I, I would have never even considered that. But I did a video where I had a Jordan rookie. Uh, it, I sent it to PSA and PSA said it was uh, altered. They wouldn't grade it. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't figure out why. I assume, it wasn't a screw down, so I assume it had been pressed, but I, I, it didn't look altered to me. It looked fine. I couldn't I couldn't find anything. So I just sent it to SGC and SGC gave it a four. And uh, and I, I mentioned this in one of my videos. And so uh, two different people just asked me in the comments. So if you're going to sell it, are you going to disclose that PSA considered it altered? And I, I, my, you know, my immediate reaction was like, no, of course not. It's 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 comfortably in an SGC four holder. I'm selling it as an SGC four. Of course not, but it did get me thinking. Like eh, maybe that's something we should consider. Um, I mean, if I was a buyer of that card, I'd I'd potentially want to know that, right? Because there's probably buyers out there who are like, oh, it's an SGC four. I could crack it and send it to PSA, uh, and they would want to know up front that maybe they shouldn't do that because uh, PSA is going to call it altered. And so uh, it's just not something that never crossed my mind as something we as a hobby should do. Um, and so I put it out there to sort of ask everybody what, what they thought about it. And I think there's probably more cracking and re-slabbing over the decades. Modern will catch up, but a lot of that has been going on in vintage forever. Yeah. As long yeah. as there's been slabbing, right? Yeah. As long as there's been multiple companies to send it to, or even I had a 68 tops Lubrock, right? And raw. And I sent it in to PSA. It came back miscut. Uh-huh. And I was like, this doesn't look miscut to me. And I put it up against another card. It wasn't short. It wasn't, I mean, it was a, oh, slightly short, right? Okay. And you felt, you felt like it was within the, within the. For the sure. Balance. Yeah. Yeah. The tolerance levels, I thought it was easily within. So I resubmitted it and yeah. it came back a PSA five. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. If I ever sell that card, uh, What's my obligation here to someone? I mean, it was miscut once and then sent, sent back and, and got a numerical grade of a five. So I don't know. I, yeah, well, I immediately thought of that when you did that video. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, spo I'll spoil the, uh, the second, <laughs> the results of the second. Essentially, everyone said, no, you don't need to disclose that. Uh, there were a few a few stragglers who who thought that you should a few not stragglers a few people who thought you should um and all and you know the a lot of good points i mean like if you were selling a house and you had an inspector come and they 
said, oh, you should replace the deck. And then you got a, you were like, you know what? I didn't really like that inspector. You got a second inspector and they came and said, hey, the deck's great. And then you just you just presented the second inspector. Nobody would expect you to include the first inspector, would they, in the in the house sale? Good point. Um, and there were other there were, there were lots of good points. There were lots of good points. I'm going to forget some, but you know, a lot of people said if you're cracking a card and resubmitting it, you're you're taking a gamble. You're investing time and you're investing your money. And if you get any upside from that, you should you should see that. Um, and and most people just sort of had a general feeling like no, now it's in an SGC holder. You're selling a card and you're selling it as SGC's opinion is this is a four. Previous grades don't interfere with that. Um, that is a critical point that you just made and that that all grades are an opinion 100 yeah not fact not right. ironclad take this to the bank right it's an yes. opinion and, and so when you have an opinion opinions are going to vary again you could send the same you could crack re-slab crack re-slab crack re-slab psa let's say especially on a vintage card probably five times and probably get three to four different results in the numerical grade of that card. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's widely, I mean, wildly the drastic, how, how great a, a range. Uh, my famous, uh, famous, my favorite um, example is I have a Koufax rookie that absolutely beautiful, sent it to PSA, came back at two and I could not figure it out. And on the back, there's like this tiny, 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 it almost looks like a tape residue, but it's not. It's it's something like that, but it's so minor you would never even see it. I cracked it, sent it back to PSA, and it came back a seven, uh, which I thought was even too low. I thought I was looking, I was hoping for higher, but two to a seven. I mean, two different PSA graders with this, you know, who have probably gone through the same training, you know, found the card to be five points off. There are people that are going to watch this and read <laughs> or put comments down below and yeah, say. Well, well, that's an example of why grading is such a scam and why no one should ever believe what a you know what it says, right? Yeah. And I just take it for what it is, you know. Opinion. You yeah. can you can take a card in a slab. I just got uh, let's see if I can put my hands on it quick. Just Wait, got this I, order back. Can I go off on a quick tangent real quick? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Have you noticed a, a major uptick in uh grading hater comments? Yes. Uh, yeah. In the last, I don't know, six months or, or so. Yes. I, just, I, have two, I have two big time. Yeah. Everyone is just kind of fed up with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I sent this Eddie Murray Opeachy rookie in. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was absolutely stunning card. Yeah. It got an eight. I actually expected it to get a nine. Okay. Uh, and an outside shot at a 10 believe it or not like you couldn't you couldn't see anything really noticeable wrong no and so i sent it off just got it back literally uh yesterday and i'm gonna leave it in this holder i mean this is someone's opinion it is what it is cracking and re-slabbing or resending it would just be silly now the difference between a nine and a, an eight and a nine is about a thousand dollars yeah you know I mean, it's a big difference on this card in this particular card it's not as big a deal on others right but it is on this one and uh i don't know it's just it's a guy's opinion my opinion is that it's better but my point of that is when you pick up a card at a show in a slab to look at it you should still look at the card you shouldn't it's not like you just get the card and just ignore the and only look at the flip right totally you need to look at the card and see if through your 
however you want it with a loop with whatever is that a fair grade for this card or i like buying cards that look better than the assigned grade right that's kind of always a goal of mine yeah nice eye appeal I, absolutely and you you already said it but people put think way too much that oh it's in a, it's in a psa 8 holder therefore it is an 8 done no more discussion no no that's just one random psa graders opinion on that day they felt it was an eight that, that's all that that means we as a we as a, we as a hobby put a lot of a lot of value in that but i would also argue that it doesn't delegitimize the process overall okay do you see what i mean like it doesn't mean it's worthless it just means that it's no it's a, it's a legit opinion yeah absolutely yeah. it's a legit and, expert. it should be an expert's opinion yeah right and so i would argue that take it for what it is look at the card look make your own assessment is that a fair grade or not is that do i think that an eight's fair on this murray no probably not yeah. I, I think it's a little higher is it worth it to me to do it again no um and but i'm not even i'm not mad about it at all i just i'm paying them to give me their opinion that was their opinion that day yeah. by that person yeah whomever that was yeah yeah well, it's you're almost in a in a uh, advantageous position because you don't you're you're not never not, not reselling cards because if you if you were a resell if you were doing that to resell it, you'd have a decision to make that would probably be harder. True. Yeah. Um, and I probably I don't know what I'd do. I guess I'd have to be literally having to make that decision to yeah. be able to tell you <laughs> yeah. what I would do. Yeah. But I I I just don't I hate the the grading haters because I think they're hating the wrong, for the wrong reasons. Right. They, they, right. Uh, they don't understand what it, what it is. It's just an opinion. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If you don't like the opinion, don't, don't grade cards, you know, buy ungraded cards. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. You know, I know you go to a show. It's not like everything's graded. I mean, the, there's a, there's a, a, there's a thousand raw cards for sale for every one graded card. Right. And yeah knock yourself out if that's gonna and, and a lot of guys have told me these are a lot of comments i'm getting this is why you know i'll put out a video and i'll be uh mildly pissy about something psa related you know. yeah <laughs> and because they're not perfect yeah. but just acknowledge it and they're like well you're such you're the sucker you know you're the idiot that keeps giving them money you know i i do know this is a legit 78 opichi I knew yeah. it before based on where I found it and all that kind of stuff. But still, now someone else can, they don't have my knowledge of it. They don't have my internal feeling about why I believe this card is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's more public for later. And I just like the look of BSA holder. I do. There's also other values of it being in the holder than just the number. I mean, the card is now protected. Uh, you know that it's authentic. There's no question. You maybe you were 99.9 percent .9 sure. Now you're 100 percent. I mean, essentially 100 percent sure. You right. know it's not. You know it's not altered or same thing. 99 percent. You know uh, these are valuable things. And to, I, I think the expectation that grading is perfect is a flawed expectation. I yeah. think you're you're only setting yourself up for mega disappointment if you expect them to be perfect. I, I learned that very early on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Far from it. Yeah. And PSA calling your Jordan altered, SGC calling it a four. 
I don't think that means PSA is wrong or SGC is wrong. I think they just had a different difference of opinion. They, and that's absolutely okay. And it, yeah, SGC's opinion is going to be different than my opinion, than PSA's opinion, than your opinion, than Greg Morris's opinion, than CGC. And they're all going to be, It's. I mean, they all. They, they don't have the exact same rules on, that apply to everything. And yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Are we have <laughs> a lot about grading. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... So what do you think? Do you think if a seller is selling a card and they know it used to be in a previous holder, they should disclose it or not? No, no. I don't think that's would on you, there. Would you would you respect a seller more who did? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Me no too. question. Me too. Hey, I had this at a, it was in a PSA four. It looked nicer than that to me, so I sent it to. And that would actually be a story that would make sense to me. Yeah. Hey, it was in a PSA four. It looked nicer than that, so I sent it off to SGC and it got a six. And I, if, if I look at the card, go, yeah, that looks like a six. Then I would go, okay, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I would respect the seller more for sure. Yeah, if, me they, too. if they did that, um, but not disrespect them if they didn't, because right. I would never even know. So I wouldn't. It wouldn't matter, you know. Yeah. Um, Norman, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Norman, silly. the dog's allowed in the beast. He's he is he's. Yeah. Okay. Take a leak on it right now. No. Um, the grading thing is again super prevalent. Obviously, in the vintage world, uh, people want their cards authenticated, slabbed, protected, like you said, and given a numeric assigned opinion grade of what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, that's how, that's how I want my cards. That's how I want my PC cards. Yeah. And, and it's not going away. Yeah. Um, at all. Ever. It's only going to get bigger. I do think, though, that the pop reports in vintage are so jacked up because there is a lot of cracking and res resubmitting that happens. And so the same card might get graded multiple times. And so it artificially goofs up the pop reports. Not yeah, that I'm a pop report guy, but. I've heard I've I've heard people say that it, it doesn't strike me that it would be a big thing. Like I, I've I mean, how what percentage of cards get cracked? It can't be one percent. It's got to be less than one percent, right? Good point. That's true. So if you, I mean, I wouldn't think it. I mean, I'm sure there are cards, especially like rare cards that are really low pops. That you know, it shows that it's been graded fifteen times, but it's really there's really only six copies that have been sent in. You know, multiple times, but I would think on most cards it, it probably doesn't impact it much. That would be my guess. I don't know. That's a fair point. I hadn't thought about it that way. I guess it's we we hear about it, but it's not like it happens. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Right. My solution to this a long time ago, when uh, Boda, remember Boda Blowout Detective Agency? Uh, I, don't, I don't know them. They were they on Blowout. There was this group of people that were identifying these cards that have been altered and trimmed and it was oh, a huge deal for years this was pre-pandemic okay and, and they're still in effect today so you can always see what boda is discovering these these amazing people that find these cards and can identify them oh that's cool so they, they identify it by like some tiny little mark yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. And they're really good at it i've seen some of this but i, I didn't recognize the company name well it's not a company it's, it's a, group, it's a group, name. Yeah. group of dudes on blowout yeah. And most of them are anonymous because they don't want to get just hammered by whoever, you know, right. it makes sense. Yeah. But to me, a solution, and I should have asked Nat Turner about this, 
when you submit a card to PSA DNA to get authenticated, not only do they encase it for you and authenticate it, but did you know they also stamp it with a uh, undetectable yeah. light, right? Yeah. So if you send in a 52 mantle that's autographed, it's going to have a, you know, UV, whatever special light sensitive stamp on it saying they authenticated this autograph somewhere on that card. And I don't think most people realize that that's true. It, it says it right in very, you know, hey, we use our this great technology to certify your your item, this and that, and even to cards. So people are that's happening. I I always thought during the whole trimming scandal, just do that to a card. Put a identify the card with something that's non visible ink and people are like, don't put ink on my card you know that they're already doing it they're already doing it on every autographed item that comes through every autograph and, okay yeah and so even if you have a 69 tops reggie jackson rookie that goes through there and it's autographed it's getting that on it yeah and so you're already even if you get it dual certed ps you know dual dual graded i mean um cards a nine and the autographs a ten that card's getting that ink on it and so, uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard this. I, I guess I didn't realize. So that's every autograph item, no matter what. Yes, including cards. So why would yeah? yeah. Well then why, why would they not apply that to cards in general? Or uh, yeah, hey, you gotta have Nat Turner on your channel, man. Maybe I should wait. <laughs> I'll have him back on my channel. Yeah, get him but, back on. But that would be you know now they're doing all these high res scans you know because yeah. every card is kind of like a fingerprint right they all have. Yeah enough uniqueness to each one of them, especially in the vintage world, right? This is probably less so in the uh, modern, ultra-modern. Has any other company used, used like, uh, just, has any other company tried this? Or tag, like, does tag use something like that, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Good good question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Uh, but PSA already has that technology, is my point, that yeah. they're using yeah, 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 on yeah. the DNA side. Right. Tag the, you know, basically tag it. Yep, we've we've graded this before, so that if you cracked it and resubmitted it, they would know, and, it, and they would know, and they would go. It can only yeah, go down. Gave, so it can only go down in grade. Right. <laughs> we already gave this a four. Sorry. Not getting uh, a five. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting a bump. No, if you ask for a bump, hey, can you reassess this card? Yeah. That's a legit, you know, question. Sure. It can be. Then would you get two stand? I don't know, but just <laughs> yeah, no, you're creating more questions than answers here. <laughs> well, people think I'm absolutely bonkers for even suggesting that PSA do that because I don't want any. I mean, it's you know, universally unanimous, whatever word you want to use, that do not do that to my card. I mean, we did we did it that we did at the beginning of this video, so you can't use any substance on a card. Uh, so we're, I mean, I don't know what what is it? Is it liquid what what is it is it a you know microchip? It, is it it's a, an ink, ink? It's it's an a, ink. they're oh you know what while we're we'll just do this right now um if it was like a microchip you know yeah certainly that would be a problem and then and then you could then you could know where then it can't get stolen because you can always track it down Ooh, now you're talking See, this is we're now we're looking 20 years in the future yeah I, are we even really answering anything or are we just bringing no. up questions <laughs> uh but the because we we're talking about restoring, we got it into uh, yeah. Um, okay, I'm getting to the autograph grading. Learn more. Well, I don't want to know about autograph grading. Um, 
like i mean is it the same on any substance like it's a ball it's the same on a ball versus a no you know three by five card versus a baseball card versus a bat yeah um good question i'm trying to read and listen at the same time which is by the way very difficult yeah so, you know. yeah yeah, yeah. exam it uh autograph authentication process uh, it doesn't say it here on their current website but I absolutely know that I've read that and thought, why? I like that they do it, honestly. Yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with them doing it. But other. In, in theory, I mean, in theory, I, I wouldn't have a problem, but I, I, yeah, I'd want to know. I'd want to know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I need to do more homework on that actual process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I. That's an, it's an interesting thought though i mean it's a it's an interesting thought it would it would it would solve a lot of problems right if it worked if it worked yeah but that people say well then you're altering the card I, I mean it's a fair point i mean we, like i said we, we said you at the beginning of this you can't put any outside substance on a card right so i guess that is kind of contradictory to there, no, but... I mean, it's, it's, yeah it's a question we're not going to answer here we're gonna I, I, yeah we're both gonna have to do our little some homework on it yeah um Obviously, the people you and I have been around the block a few times and been to shows, and I've heard some real whoppers from dealers before about where they got a card, where they. This happens to me mainly on autographs, honestly, because I'm a more probably more of an autograph guy than you. Yeah. And I'll see an autograph on an item, and I'll be like, "Oh, tell me about this." You know, it's not certed. Oh yeah, so and so, you know, got this from you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, they tell this wonderfully long story of authentication. I send it off and it comes back bad. You know, that's not true. It comes back questionable authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I know you've had heard some whopper stories before about the, the source of a card or where it came from or whatever. You got any good ones? Uh, maybe not specific ones, but I, I've done videos on this. The thing I cannot stand more than anything when it comes to vintage cards being sold on eBay is because eBay is as now you a few years ago they made it required you put it, you sell a card as original or or a, or a reprint I think it's reprint right. original or reprint and you have to check it and um uh you know you, you can't you know you can't sort of get around that but people have figured out a way around that was they mark it as reprint and then they say in, in the description you know oh I found this in a uh, you know I found this in a, you know my my grandfather's garage. Uh, I don't know if it's real or not, uh, you know, but so I have to mark it as reprint because eBay's making me, but I think it's real. And this is like, this is just a, a way around the, the uh, selling reprints as originals on eBay. And it's a very, very common tactic. And I, I, it's, it's to me, one of the, the slimiest things there is because no, it's, it's a reprint. <laughs> it's a fake. It's funny, no matter what rules you put in place, someone's going to yeah. find a way to circumvent that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The uh, it, it's all of it. The uh, the uh, eBay authenticity guarantee program, which to me is like I think they've had some issues, but it's it's the right idea, um, to to protect buyers. But people have figured out a way around that. If you have a if you have a, a one card, it automatically goes to the eBay authenticity guarantee program if it's over a certain price. So people just make two cards. Hey, I have a fifty two Mantle and a uh, nineteen ninety one Donruss Fred McGriff. I'm selling this as a two card lot. 
And uh, that way, now that it's a two-card lot, it doesn't go to eBay Authenticity Guarantee because they only take singles. Really? Um, yep. That's a way sellers have figured out how to circumvent that. Um, and it just, it just it drives me nuts. It's like they can't. eBay's trying. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one, right? That's a really good one. You'll see um, it all. You'll see it all the time. I got a Jordan rookie, and oh, there's four other Jordans included in the lot. A '91 Upper Deck, and yeah. I hate sleaziness. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, going back to the story, you know, oh, I, I believe it's real, but I have to lift it as reprint on eBay because they're making me. But uh, just yeah, can't stand this stuff. And then would that prevent you from returning it? when you find out it's not real because they listed it as a reprint. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not real. You know, I didn't even think of that. Real. I didn't even think of that. Absolutely. He, I mean, and we don't accept returns, you know, unless it's, uh, you know, listed as a, uh, something's wrong, incorrect about the listing. There's nothing incorrect about the listing. I said it was a reprint. I listed it as a reprint. Oh my gosh. I know. No, it's uh and you still, you'll see it. Um, I, I guarantee you, if I went on there right now, I'd find a, a Nolan Ryan that's obviously a fake that sold an auction for $800, you know, so whatever. Again, it's the caveat emptor, right? I mean, buyer beware. You got to be, so many people get duped. And the truth is, you and I both can probably tell stories of lessons we've learned the hard way. Yeah. And those are, it's only a mistake if you don't learn anything from it. My dad always said that. And I've had that happen to me on some bigger autographs that I thought were real. And they, and then I found out later, like, not only were they not real, like I knew I should have known better. Yeah. Right. I, I got wide eyed at the price or whatever and, and made a rash decision without doing my homework and shame on me. You know, I have no one to blame but myself. And, you know, I think, Obviously, we put way too much. If, if a seller is being intentionally deceitful, that's that's one thing. Uh, but we need we need to, there is some responsibility on us as the buyer. You know, we're not exempt from all liability in the in the buying selling process, right? Yeah, yeah. I touch on this. Some, I mean, you know, buyer beware that ar the argument is. Um... Yeah, it always applies, right? Any, any, any trans. Anytime you're buying anything, you should you should have the buyer beware mentality in, in mind, and especially if you're like an ex, you know, a, an expert. You've been doing this a long time, and you should know what you're doing. But as like a blanket statement versus over the entire hobby, I don't don't like it at all because there's there's too many people who are new in the hobby. There's too many. Uh, the example one of my viewers gave, which was great, grandmothers buying a kid a, a card for their grandson. There's too many of that, and and both things are true, right? Buyer beware. But that doesn't mean sellers can be deceitful. Like both things are true. Buyer beware, but that doesn't give sellers the right to take advantage in my in my view. And I still even think the responsibility, if it was a scale, is tilted towards the seller being a responsible seller. Yeah, I, I, I've I've tilted over the years. I used to feel I I now feel put a lot more emphasis on the seller doing the right thing. Right. Because um, because because I've just seen enough. Like I said, grandmas and new people. And I'm sure you've heard, you know, the, the best thing, the best, the best way to get somebody to leave the hobby is to, is to, is to rip them off. Yeah. Screw them over. Yeah. It's a great idea yeah. to, to build a long-term hobbyist. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, and it, and it does happen, but I know for me personally, I, I don't buy any big raw cards on eBay. That just, I just don't do it. 
period paragraph, anything over. In fact, I don't buy any raw cards on eBay. Um, I'll only buy them in person. And that's because I want to do the smell test, so to speak. Would, and, would you make an exception if it was like a really trusted seller? Uh, sure. Greg Morris would be one. Yeah. But I still just feels like I, I only want to buy graded cards on eBay. And, and that, again, all that started because I got duped a few times yeah. back in the day and it, and it made me weary and it gave me pause. It didn't drive me out of the hobby. It just pissed me off enough. I'm like, dang it. I should have known better or dang it. Why didn't I just buy one that's already slab? Because yeah. then at least I have a, a pretty good idea that it's authentic. Again, PSA screws that up too. And SGC, they, you know, they grade unauthentic cards sometimes, occasionally, you know, yeah. they don't catch everything, but it's still you know, better than me. You know, it's funny about what you're saying is like, cause you go, you go back as, as far as I do, like, uh, um, I feel like we're defending grading here a lot, but, uh, you know, when you buy a card on eBay and it's in a PSA holder, you, you're, you're protected in a lot of ways, you know, it's, yes. a, I mean, again, it's 90, it's not hundred percent, but it's 99.9%. Uh, a lot of people say that grading ruined the hobby, uh, you know, cause there's all this, uh, there's all this like shady stuff going on before grading. Do you know how much shady stuff it was the wild, wild West and uh, trimming was rampant. Fakes were way more prevalent than today uh, and trimming, trimming and fakes were way, way more prevalent today. If you went into a card shop, there'd be fakes in the, in the, uh, in the display case, like available for sale and, and dealers just looking to take advantage of people who didn't know because there was nothing, there was no, there was no protections for anything. Right. Um, and of course, there's still trimming today and there's still fakes that and every once in a while a card gets by PSA and, and SGC or whatever. But it's way I mean, it's people. The good old days are not always as good as we remember them. <laughs> I got I mean, I remember people taking the, a 12 year old kid going into a baseball card store and the card shop owner would love to cheat me out of my twelve dollars. You know, oh, yeah. For. Happily. Huh? Yeah. Happily, they would do that. Yeah. 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 Um, People have asked me, Mike, do you think you own in your beast, you know, your 4,000 slabs, do you think you own any fake cards or cards that have been altered and weren't caught? Yeah, you do. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> highly likely, highly probable. Yeah. And I don't care. I genuinely don't care. Uh, I'm not going to go through and try to find them or, or do anything other than enjoy them for what they are. It's still just a baseball card. Right. And I, I just don't lose it and wink asleep over it. I just don't. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice attitude. You, I, I mean, I've your, your, your general attitude about all that stuff is really, really, uh, really good. Really, very, uh, very admirable. Just trial and error. Right. Um, I remember buying a satchel page autograph and it was on a letter and it was beautiful and bought it on eBay and got it. And then I bought it so fast because it was so cheap. And then I got it and it was still expensive, but cheaper than normal. Right. It's not yeah. like it was no dollars and I get it and I get my Bible out my, to look at other examples and exemplars of page. And I realized that's a common secretarial autograph for page. And it basically his secretary signed his let this letter for him, mm -hmm. sending it back to somebody or whatever it was for. I still have it. And so here's a question for you. Do you think, autographs that have come back with questionable authenticity or that are known to be fake, like my satchel page, should I destroy that item? 
destroy it no if you if you, you can keep it but you definitely should not let it into the wild okay yeah. someday someday i'm gonna pass away okay and hopefully along many days from now but when i do my wife's gonna find that letter there's nothing there it's yeah. in a you know it's in a big old you know top loader essentially a letter sized top loader and she'll just go i don't know just sell it well so you're keeping it because it means something to you like the memory of it i'm keeping it that's a great question people ask me that too well why are you keeping it if you know it's fake and the simple answer is it means something it does mean something to me yeah, it, yeah. and it also gives me i i have several of these that i go yep lesson learned from that you know and people think i'm wrong for doing that by the way i'm just i shouldn't keep it i should get rid of it uh, we had a satchel page uh print steel postcard that we found in a collection that we bought and i knew it instantly it wasn't real mm -hmm. and yet i'm keeping it um i know it's not real i'm not going to send it off i know it's not real it's not yeah. gonna pass. and even if it did pass i would feel terrible because i know it's not real and uh page has very few of those they're thousands of dollars it's a big item yeah. five thousand dollar page autograph on a press steel hall of fame poster sure. so it's a big deal and uh we got excited when we first saw it you know like the more we looked at it you knew it's no good knew it's no good and uh, i got criticized by some other people on, a, no, on it, a video. it's interesting yeah it's i i don't know that i've ever really thought of it i mean my my gut instinct was no oh, if, if it's a personal thing and you're going to keep it you're cool. Uh, don't let it out of the wild. Don't sell it or give it to somebody else. Um, but yeah, the when you die, but you're not the when you die argument. I mean, can you put a note on it when you're getting really old? <laughs> I won't remember. <laughs> My wife burned this when I die. But do you remember? I mean, they, these are the comments that people give us on videos. Yeah. You're incredibly accustomed to this as well. That. Dude, if you're harping on that, like, yeah, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dupe someone else. I'm not trying to pull one over on anyone or, no, no, or be yeah, deceitful. Um, which I know how you feel about custom cards too, that, that you're not a fan. Well, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan personally. I don't, I don't have a problem with them. Okay. I thought, yeah. um, did, did other people have problems with custom cards? Um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the majority of, of the, the comments were, can't do custom cards. Um, but the, the, the real problem in my video was the, the way they were listed, uh, using words that clearly didn't apply. Right. Um, but no, I don't know. I don't have any issue with custom cards and I, uh, yeah, if they're, especially if they're, as long as they're not sold in a deceitful way. Yeah. I love that you'll see custom you know or this or that and i think it's people trying to get around that circumventing different things saying it's real or not real and but i i think that custom cards are just an interesting niche of the hobby yeah um, i have some that i've done myself that yeah. I, I i enjoy and i like and they they clearly say you know, you can clearly tell it's a custom card. I mean, it's got my name printed on it for crying out loud, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> well, that but, makes it more valuable. <laughs> right. No, hardly. Yeah. Uh, decreased all the value of these, but I had a point with that and I, it literally just escaped me. So I'm 
trying to race back through my brain and remember it, but custom cards we talked about. Um, well, so I, I'm, I'm very different in you in that in um, I don't like to display my cards at all. I, as a collector, I keep my cards literally in the, in the, at the bank and right. I go look at them once a month and I am there for 20 minutes and I love those 20 minutes and I'm cool with that. Like that's what, that's the way I collect. And I know you're, that's very different from you. You want to display them and share them with everybody. And I think that's very cool. It's just, it's just different than me, but for me, so for me, like a custom card makes no sense because I, I have no interest in it, but for someone like you, I can see it. It makes tremendous, it has tremendous value. Um, you, you can take something and I, you've, I know what the examples you're holding in front of you that are, you know, that are pretty cool items, but they don't look that great. But if you put it into a custom card and have a professional artist work on it, it can look really cool. Yeah. And nice way to present your items. And yeah, that's, I think that's great. I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. As long as you don't go selling them saying, Hey, this is an original, you know, Don, you know, net Donruss, uh, whatever. Right. Well, there's, as we, as we kind of tie a bow on this episode, I think yeah. some things we want to leave people with is look, there's nothing like doing your own homework. There's nothing better than learning this hobby yourself, watching other people learning from other people, right? Hopefully this show, I get comments all the time, Chris, man, I've learned so much from your show. Right. Love it. Nothing yeah. makes me happier. Nothing makes me happier than someone yeah. saying they learned something new about the hobby. Yeah. Uh, by listening to me, you know, drawdle on, but I, you, you need to go do it. Is what I'm telling you, not, not you, Chris, but you guys out there, uh, you need to go do it. You need to absorb information and you're going to get taken to the cleaners every once in a while. <laughs> we've, that, all, it's, we've all done, done it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a master's degree and <laughs> getting screwed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, part of the process. It's, it's a sad part of the learning process. All of us wish we didn't have to go through that, but they're valuable lessons. They're valuable uh, pieces of information that go into your Rolodex of how to buy vintage cards. And it's, it's shaped me into a certain kind of vintage buyer. Yeah. Just so Chris, your experience, your unique experiences, good and bad have shaped you into the kind of buyer that you are. Right. Yeah. And what, what, little tidbits of advice after all of this yammering that we did for the last 50 minutes, <laughs> would you want to leave people with and, and kind of, we don't want to depress people. We want to say there's, there's a map out of this. There's a road out of this. You just, you just in terms of like buying vintage, how to avoid yeah. the things. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 the reason I asked you about if on eBay, if you're, if you're buying a raw vintage card, make sure it's a reputable dealer. Um, Probably how do they determine that, Chris? How do you, how does someone go about determining the the reputation of that dealer? I mean, I think I think the feedback system is pretty good. Uh, you know, if if it's it shows you the number and it shows you the percentage of how many are positive, and if both those numbers are really high, you're you're good probably. Okay. Um, yeah, that would that would be one thing I would say. Yeah, I would say just buy cards in person for a while until yeah. people can't go. But, but yeah, buying cards in person is always better. I mean, card shows are 10 times more fun than eBay, but, uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of people don't have access to shows and, 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 uh, and stores. Well, speaking of shows, are you going to Strongsville? No, no, I'm not. What's the next big show you're going to be at? You better not uh, say the national. No, no. Well, there's Chantilly. I'll be at the next Chantilly, the next Philadelphia. Um, I'm, I will go to a Dallas show soon. Uh, Jeremy's been bugging me. 
All right. Uh, and there's, I really want to go to Burbank, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to. Are you going to be at any of those? Uh, I, I'll i be at some Dallas shows, obviously, my backyard. Uh, I'm going to Strongsville. Yeah. Um, Strongsville, I, I've, I've never been there. That's It's like a purely vintage, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's got to be awesome. I'm crazy excited about are there, are there deals though there or or, or not i don't know um yeah. i've never been so i will let you know when i'm back uh, <laughs> yeah. to me the whole vintage world is softening and getting just more normal yeah, uh, yeah. and that's good to see yeah yeah me too yeah, i agree and at least as a collector um then obviously you'll be at the national yeah we, we have a booth at the national you do yeah. Well, I'm going to come park my butt at your booth. Yeah, you better <laughs> sit down and hang out and yeah. Yeah. Help you guys. Uh, yeah. When you come to Dallas though, you, we've got to figure out a way when you come to Dallas for you to come over. I know. I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, just Jeremy, Jeremy brags about the tour he got. That's right. He has been here. Yeah. Yeah. See, you've got to feel left out now. I do. <laughs> I do. We got to remedy that. So yeah. Uh, wait, so Dallas is this month, right? Because I, th I, I think March is the one I'm targeting. Yeah, January, then March, then we'll do one in uh, May. Yeah, yeah. Every every two months, there's a new Dallas show. Yeah, no, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's losing its luster to me, honestly. That That's what I've heard. I've heard it's it's slowing down a little bit. Like maybe yeah. every two months is too much. I don't know. For sure, it's two months, too yeah. much. But there's places around the country where there's monthly card shows, so it's not yeah. like, but... I just think it's not the place to travel to anymore. Uh, yeah. I would tell you to try to do Burbank. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but it's a long way away for you. It is. But I mean, you can combine it with Disneyland or something. I don't know. There you go. Not the kids. I don't, want, I don't want to go to Disneyland, but <laughs> I'll go to the card show. Y'all go to Disneyland. Here's some money. Yeah. Don't get abducted. Like, yeah. just send the kids. Like, don't even send an adult. Just like, let him loose. Do you, know, do you know? Do you know the comedian Jim Gaffigan? Yeah, sure. He does a Disneyland. He does a a Disneyland bit. Do you know yeah. it? Huh? No, no, I haven't seen it. He goes, if you want to know what it's like to be at Disneyland, just imagine you're at the DMV, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a teenager, and probably thirteen ish, fourteen, uh, so middle school, late middle school, you know. Um, my mom would take us, we had season passes to Six Flags. Yeah. And she would drop us off in the morning when they opened. Yeah, what, at what age? 13, 14. Okay. And we would be gone all day yeah. at, the, at Six Flags. And then we'd set a time and she'd come back and pick us up at like seven. You know, that happened all the time. Yeah, same. No, same time. Yeah. And we would never dream of sending our kids and letting them do no. that. No, like, no, even at 13, 14, you wouldn't no, let no. your kids do that. Yeah. Oh, the world's changed. And just like you said, sometimes the good old days aren't as good as we remember, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cards included. So, well, man, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Uh, of course. Great talking with you as always. So yeah. Much yeah. Fun. Anytime, man. You're a wealth of knowledge. And if you're living under a rock and you don't know Chris's channel, it's a baseball collector, investor, dealer and go check it out. And thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you guys soon. Keep collecting.